words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts give glory to you, O Lord. Amen. The worship of Christ seems often to put us in the presence of strong contradictions. Christ himself was a poor man, yet he has influenced rich and poor, high and low for generations. <clears throat> Pardon me. He was a quiet, gentle man, yet capable of anger and frustration when he encountered injustice and indifference. And today we have a very interesting gospel reading, which challenges us again to think about the majesty of Christ and of his humility. In this section of his gospel, Luke presents us with three stories about loss. The first two make up our reading today, the story of a lost sheep and a lost coin. In both cases, that which is lost is only one of many, and it would seem at first that it's not really worth looking for. We have 99 sheep, one more or less won't make much difference, but the shepherd wants to keep all 100 safe and actually, arguably, puts the 99 at risk by leaving them alone while he goes off and finds the lost one. Similarly, the woman with 10 coins ransacks the house looking for the one that she has missed. And the finding of the sheep or the coin is the occasion for great rejoicing. Jesus used these parables to talk about the coming kingdom of God. It will not be just a kingdom for most people, but for all. God wants all of us to be there. Even the sinners and the fallen, the evil and the wicked among us, we're all too good to lose. How comforting this is. If I go astray, God will come for me. As I've told you all before, I came to faith late in life, not becoming a Christian until about 15 years ago, after almost a half century of life away from the flock, so to speak. Yet Jesus never gave up on me, and when the time was right, he called me back to himself. Christ could have left me in the darkness, in my errant ways, but he didn't. He sought me out, showed me his loving message of salvation. And according to the parable, there would have been rejoicing in heaven over my baptism into the Holy Spirit. This rejoicing over the finding of the lost one doesn't mean that all the rest of the flock are loved any less. God shows no partiality. God simply loves us all and wants us all to come into the beauty of the kingdom. Every sinner who repents adds to the glory of God. Well, we have all been saddened these last few days by the death of Queen Elizabeth II. It is especially appropriate to remember her here in a church, for she always had a strong Christian faith. She was constant in her observance and fearless in her proclamation. Earlier this year on the Queen's birthday weekend, I quoted from the little book, The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. I repeat the passage I read then. She has always been a woman of great faith, a sovereign acknowledged by many around the world who herself acknowledges one sovereign over all, our eternal and living God. The queen expresses her faith quietly and confidently on many occasions, 
including, of course, in her Christmas messages. While many public figures, even in this secular age, mention God at public events, for Elizabeth, it is an expression of how she lives her life. Her faith is deep and of long standing. This faith has been hers from the beginning. She continually calls on God to help her be of service to her people and her country. As one commenter said, the queen understood that her authority was not conferred by parliament nor inherited from her earthly father, but came from God. And it was to him that she would be ultimately accountable. She considers the Bible to be the most valuable thing that this world affords. And it was very encouraging to hear King Charles III in his first speech say, the role and the duties of monarchy also remain, as does the sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. The king also recognized his mother's great commitment to her duty. In 1947, on her 21st birthday, she pledged in a broadcast from Cape Town to the Commonwealth to devote her life, whether it be short or long, to the service of her peoples. That was more than a promise. It was a profound personal commitment which defined her whole life. She made sacrifices for duty. Her dedication and devotion as sovereign never wavered through times of change and progress, through times of joy and celebration, and through times of sadness and loss. Faith and duty. These two words perhaps sum up better than any others the life of our late queen. We are all called to imitate Christ to the best of our ability, and Queen Elizabeth certainly embodied the spirit of the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. The late former chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, Jonathan Sachs, told a story about the queen meeting a group of Auschwitz survivors. Although it was a large group and she had other engagements to attend, she stood and listened to every single survivor's personal story, giving each her full attention. For her, as for the shepherd, every sheep was precious. There will be many more stories to be told in the next weeks and months as we mourn the queen's passing. For now, we give thanks to God for her generous and holy service, and we pray for her son as he takes up his new responsibilities. God save the king. Amen. <laughs>